Today, I'm sharing 16 tactics for spending less and earning more. Welcome to the Paul Miners Podcast, the show that will help you to optimize your time, income, and lifestyle fast. Get more done with actionable, easy-to-follow advice and learn how to live life on your terms. And now, introducing your host, Paul Miners. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Paul Miners Podcast. As always, thank you very much for tuning into this episode. I really do appreciate your time and your attention today. And actually, I really do mean that because today I'm recording this at the start of the week. It's Tuesday. And I usually publish or I send out an email actually to my kind of weekly blog post podcast on uh, the Monday. And so today I got a bunch of amazing feedback from everyone who has listened to my last podcast episode, number 103, where I talk about adjusting to dad life, where our son Jay, he's um, just gone four weeks old. And I was just sharing some insights, some thoughts into what the first month has been like. And I'm, I've been blown away by the response. It's just so humbling. And I'm so grateful for the, all the positive support that I've received via the comments and people emailing me. It's just amazing. So thank you everyone uh, so much for your support and feedback. I really do love hearing what you think and, and hearing your ideas. And so, and it's great for me to know what you want to listen to as well. So if you want me to share more kind of personal family stuff as well, how I balance kind of family and work, then yeah, definitely let me know. And if you have left me a comment or an email, thank you one more time. Really appreciate it. Now, getting into today's episode, this is episode number 104, so if you want to get access to any of the links of anything I'm talking about today, I've referenced a few summaries and things, um, you can find that at paulminers.com slash 104. And if you've followed me for a while, you'll know that I am someone who is all about living a happier, healthy lifestyle where I can really live on my terms. And part of living on my terms involves getting control of personal finances. And money really is one of the biggest things that we tend to worry about. But remember, you know, it's not the money that's important. It's actually the, what, money allow, what money allows us to do. That, that's what really matters. And one of the most insightful things I've read that really changed my perspective of money along this idea is what Tim Ferriss has to say in his book, The 4-Hour Workweek. And he says, I quote, A million dollars in the bank isn't the fantasy. The, fantasy. the fantasy is the lifestyle of complete freedom it supposedly allows. The question is then, how can one achieve the millionaire lifestyle of complete freedom without first having a million dollars? And so I think to take control of your personal finances and live on, ter on, your, on your terms, um, I'd like to share some of the tips that I've come up with for reducing your spending, earning more, and living a rich life. And rich, you know, can, doesn't necessarily mean money in the bank. It's living that life of freedom uh, that Tim Ferriss talks about. And before we begin, I just want to give a quick disclaimer. I am not a financial advisor. I know that everyone's situation is different. If you don't agree with my ideas, that's fine. I'm really just sharing, as I always do, what's worked for me based on my situation, and I don't expect this will work for everyone. So definitely listen to what I'm saying with a grain of salt. Think about how you can apply it. Um, but hopefully that's all good, and you're hearing me loud and clear. So let's start with some overall principles. Firstly, I think it's important to, number one, track your spending. Uh, you need to know where your money is going, uh, where it's going, and where it's coming from. If you don't know what you're spending money on or how much you're bringing in, how can you even begin to make improvements? So establishing the baseline first, you know, what's my financial position right now, then you can 
begin to make changes. And I've mentioned it before in the blog, I use a fantastic service called Pocketsmith. You can find a link in my blog post. And I've been using that for the last five years to track everything about my personal finances. And it's really packed with features. It lets you set up budgets, look at your cash flow, um, and definitely head on over to my blog. I've got a link to a previous article that I wrote about how to get started with Pocketsmith. And I have a special promo code that will get you 50% off your first two months as well. But Pocketsmith is this amazing tool for just helping you to work out where is my money coming from, where is it going, and then we can start to make improvements. From there, I think you need to define what having a rich life means to you. So in the book, uh, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, Ramit Sethi, the author, defines what it means to be rich. And being rich isn't, like I said, all about having lots of money in the bank. It's about being happy, uh, whatever that might mean for you. So it could be rich in time, friends, freedom, location, independence. And so it's a bit like I talked about recently on the podcast, what does success mean for you? Or in this case, what does being rich mean for you? And so think about and define what a rich life means and you'll quickly realize what matters. And in my case, you know, I'm earning a decent income from my business and while I could hire some people to grow and earn a lot more, I don't want to scale. I've written about this before on my blog because that would mean I would have to sacrifice my time and freedom. And for me, I I enjoy being rich in time and and freedom. Uh, So hiring more people would potentially take away from that. Number three is to spend less than you earn. This is... um, it sounds kind of obvious, uh, but yeah, after paying the essentials like for you know your groceries, your power, your water, don't spend money unless you have to. Sounds kind of crazy, but a lot of people do not follow this simple principle, especially as you know credit, which is other people's money, is so easy to borrow. It means that a lot of people get into trouble because they're buying stuff they don't need with money they don't have, and. You might be listening to this thinking, well, yeah, buying credit card, using using a credit card means I can buy things now with money I'm going to earn later. You know, I'm going to earn it. I'm going to pay it off. It's fine. And while this might be true, what you're actually doing is artificially pushing up the cost of everything you buy. You know, if you buy a $5,000 TV and you pay 20% uh, on your credit card, then that same TV now costs $6,000 over the course of a year. So in my mind, it's pretty simple. If you don't have the money to buy something, then don't buy it. Even if you think you can afford the weekly loan or credit card repayments, if you don't, if you have to borrow somebody else's money to buy stuff, this is a big indicator that you really can't afford it and you shouldn't be buying those things. And this leads me nicely onto my next point, which is to pay down debt. And so earlier this year, I actually shared in a blog post and podcast our personal finance philosophy. And this is one of our key principles is paying down debt. Now, firstly, as I said above, don't take on more debt unless uh, it can be used for something good, like buying or investing in property or your education where you're getting like a really good return. But uh, if you have excess debt, I really would make it a priority to pay this down as fast as you can. So like with the TV example, uh, debt pushes up your costs uh, with those interest payments. And the longer you take to pay off that debt, the more expensive things become. So I think that really should just be a priority if you do carry any extra debt. So now I want to talk about a bunch of things that um, you can do to spend less. First thing is is, to don't, is is don't get suckered by grocery brands. Now, sometimes you can justify buying a particular brand if you need higher quality. So you might know that I'm a big Apple fanboy, and so I'm definitely paying more than I need to for my computer and my phone. Um, and I'm going to talk more later about you know spending where it counts. But there are times when brands that look high quality are pretty much identical to the cheaper alternatives. And I think this is really common with groceries. Uh, when you're doing your weekly shop, it's very easy to overspend by purchasing the fancy soap or the nice coconut oil, when in fact, so many products that look better quality are actually identical to the home brand or budget options. And I think I heard something ages ago about like some olive oil company. I can't remember where it was. Maybe it was, um, I actually have no idea where it was. But they were literally, they would produce olive oil, put it into these 
nice fancy kind of gourmet looking brown glass bottles and then they would shut off the machine swap out the glass bottles for budget plastic ones and pump the same uh, uh, oil into these budget plastic containers and so it's the same stuff but how it's packaged they can charge more so yeah do not get suckered in by these expensive looking grocery brands next you can buy second hand and so when you do need to buy something our default response is often to head to the mall or jump online and start shopping. But instead, you should ask yourself first, you know, do this? Uh, do I need this brand new or will secondhand be good enough? And so when we were actually preparing Jay, our baby boy's nursery before he was born, we purchased almost everything secondhand. You know, the cot, we bought a feeding chair, like a clothes drawer, a pram. Um, that's a stroller, by the way, for all my American listeners. Um, we actually found with everything we purchased, it was in great condition because most of the people we were purchasing from had only had this stuff for a few years. You know, they'd had a, a baby or a couple of kids and they'd only had it for a few years. And so we were able to get great quality stuff for a fraction of the original cost. And so buying secondhand, yeah, don't knock it. You don't always have to buy brand new. Uh, And next you can look for hand-me-downs as well. So along this same thread, we were actually recently looking for a new TV. Our old TV was actually about 10 years old. So it was pretty small, it's about 10 years old. We thought, okay, maybe it's time we get a slightly better TV. And we looked at a few options, but I really struggled to spend money on like a TV because I feel like it's such a cliche consumer item (laughs) that I feel like you just waste money on. And it's like, oh, TV, I feel like it's really material and I'm kind of giving in. So, but conveniently, my parents were actually buying a new TV and we gladly accepted their old hand-me-down. It's, it's still about five years old. It's definitely not the latest and greatest or it doesn't have the best picture quality, but we're happy to accept it. It's a lot better than the one we have and we didn't have to spend a thing. So just look for opportunities to buy secondhand, look for hand-me-downs and save where you can. Next, realize that buying more doesn't equal happiness. And it's great to see that minimalism is starting to take off. And with it, more and more people are realizing that buying more stuff doesn't equate to more happiness. If you think about it, have you ever wanted something really badly? And then when you finally got it, your satisfaction or your enjoyment of that thing was either a lot less than you thought or it went away really quickly. I bet you can think of times like that. I know that I definitely can. And uh, in A Guide to the Good Life, um, the author William Irvine talks a lot about this idea of hedonic adaption, which is this idea that your lifestyle choices adjust when your income goes up. So when you get a pay rise, you spend your spending goes up as a result. And so you don't really feel the benefit of that extra income because you just start buying slightly nicer things. And so your yeah expenses go up with your income and we're kind of no better off. We don't really notice the additional income. And so now I try and practice the opposite, which is where I take satisfaction in having the discipline to not buy something. It sounds crazy, but actually I can now take satisfaction in not buying things. So for example, for ages, I've really wanted um, AirPods, you know, the Apple wireless AirPods. And you know, I said before, I'm an Apple fanboy. The AirPods look super cool. They just seem to work really well, but they're pretty expensive for what they are. And I still haven't gotten that given in or gotten them because I just don't need them. I've got headphones. They do fine. And, but I, I find quite a lot of satisfaction in knowing that I haven't given in to this material desire. And it gives me a lot of uh, kind of sense, a sense of just self-satisfaction and pride. I'm proud of myself. And I, I bet that this feeling of uh, satisfaction will last a lot longer than the temporary satisfaction that I would get if I did buy them. Because I'd probably buy them, I'd be like, yeah, these are cool, okay, cool, great, done, now I'm just used to them. But the ongoing satisfaction I get of knowing that I made a good choice is really nice. This episode of the Paul Miners podcast is sponsored by ClickMeeting. 
Now, as an online business owner, my income depends on being able to connect with my clients and my audience in an easy and reliable way. ClickMeeting is a webinar and video conference tool that makes it super easy to set up meetings and webinars, and you can simultaneously stream them to Facebook or YouTube. Now, how cool is that? Now, one of my favorite features is that there's nothing to download, unlike a lot of other platforms. This is great for the less tech-savvy clients or attendees who struggle to download and get things set up, as they can now join via their browser on any device, meaning you're going to get higher webinar attendance, which is usually our number one priority. I also love the integration with Pipedrive, which means I can create new deals when I get a new registrant. This is great for following up with your leads after a sales call. ClickMeeting is secure, scalable, and cost-effective. You can get started today by heading to paulminers.com slash clickmeeting to get a 15% discount when you sign up. That's paulminers.com slash clickmeeting to get 15% off. And thank you, ClickMeeting, for sponsoring the Paul Miners podcast. Next is to spend where it counts. So this is kind of practicing conscious spending. Uh, and this is another great takeaway from I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And uh, this is where you make decisions about where you're going to reduce your spending so you can spend a little bit more in other areas. So for example, we don't spend money on flash cars or new TVs or eating out all the time. And so by underspending in these areas, I'm happy to spend a little bit more on like buying a nice MacBook or an iPhone, you know, um, to have a nice computer and phone, like I said before. And uh, it's the same with like, you know, CrossFit, for example. Like, the CrossFit gym we go to, it's not cheap, but I'm happy to spend the money because we get such good value from it and we save in other areas to justify it. So conscious spending is all about consciously deciding where am I going to cut down so that I can justify spending a little bit more elsewhere. And we each have things that are valuable to us. So maybe your thing is, I don't know, designer shoes. Um, If that's the case, great, go nuts. As long as you've decided where to cut back so you can spend a little bit more, that's okay. And then the final kind of tip for reducing spending is to reduce your silly interest payments. So I've talked about it before. Don't pay silly interest on credit cards. Instead, um, I've got a great credit card tip coming up. Don't get car loans. Don't buy a car you can't afford. Don't borrow money to buy non-essential items. Just don't borrow money to buy things you don't need. Obviously, the exception here is kind of around like borrowing money to buy property or to invest in education. That's a different story. But I'm talking about silly interest going towards absolute junk. Just don't do it. Okay, now I want to talk about earning more. So this is the flip side of the coin. And this is the exciting side of the coin, because there's only so much you can cut your expenses. At the end of the day, you can cut in all these different areas, you still have to, there's kind of a bare minimum you have to spend. But earning more is there's potentially no, you know, um, limit on what you can earn. So I think this is the much more exciting side. First things first, and this will probably come as no surprise from me, but create a side income, you know, monetize your skills. And this is how my business started. As you might know, I was working full time and I started selling my eBooks, courses and my consulting service on the side. And eventually I was able to quit and go full time, which was, that was my goal. But you don't have to do this. If you have a full time job that you enjoy, you could start a side business just to earn a little bit of extra cash. And it's so easy to earn money online these days. Like the amount of tools and technology that's available to us, it really is easy. So you could become a consultant like me, you could freelance and monetize your skills. So if you're good at design or accounting, um, you could do some affiliate marketing and promote other people's products. You could start, uh, start an online store or you could just start an eBay store. You know, the list goes on. And I bet if I challenged you, I bet if I challenged you to make an extra $500 this month, I bet you could find a way to do it using some skill that you could have. So maybe listening to this, if you're listening to that going, yeah, I could do with an extra 500 bucks, maybe take it on. Next, 
sell your old and unused stuff. So whenever I use stuff, or sorry, whenever I see stuff around the house that I no longer use or need to, uh, just want to get rid of, it goes straight on to Trade Me. Uh, Trade Me is like New Zealand's version of eBay. And um, there's probably hundreds or even thousands of dollars worth of stuff lying around your house that you don't use that you could probably just sell to someone else. And I actually do this for fun sometimes. I literally look around um, and try and find where what I'm not using and just see, you know, can I put this on Trade Me and earn, you know, a couple of bucks. Next, if you are a full-time worker, is negotiate a pay rise. Um, so maybe you can take on, maybe you have taken on, sorry, some extra responsibilities. Or has the company, um, have you been with the company for a while? Maybe your income's been the same and hasn't been adjusted. So maybe just take the time to think about, you know, am I due a pay rise? Is there any responsibilities I've taken on that I can justify asking for a little bit more? Maybe you can take on a special project and just get paid a bonus. And so while I'm not an expert in negotiating pay rises, if, if I were... Um, in that position, if I was working again, I'd do everything I can to learn how to negotiate a better pay rise. And a number of years ago, actually, my boss paid me a bonus for helping to implement Asana at the company, which obviously eventually led me to start the consulting business that I'm running now. But yeah, just look at what special projects can I do? How can I add value to my company or to in, in within my role, within my team, and see if you can use that as leverage to get paid a little bit more. Next, get paid for odd jobs. So there's tons of little things you can do now. Drive a car for Uber or Lyft, charge electric scooters, become a task rabbit. Uh, task rabbit, uh, I'm not sure if people have heard of. It's like, a, you know, these um, kind of random jobs services. You can hire someone to come and mow your lawn or fix something in your house. So you could become a task rabbit if you're handy or you like mowing people's grass become a task rabbit, uh, you know, mow, mow your labor's, neighbor's lawn. Um, or you could become, you know, like a part-time virtual assistant. There really are so many little odd jobs you could get paid to do. Or uh, next, you can take advantage of credit card rewards. So I said before, don't pay silly interest on credit cards. Um, don't pay any debt. And I, it's funny because with all that said, we use our credit card all the time. In fact, everything we buy pretty much goes on our credit card, but we never pay any interest Um and so why are we doing this? Well, it's for the rewards. And so our bank offers a cashback reward scheme so that everything we spend goes towards those this bonus payout that we get at the end of the year. So um, obviously don't buy lots of stuff that you don't need, but for buying groceries, gas, you know, paying for your insurance, all the stuff you're gonna buy anyway, put it all on your card and you'll be rewarded later. So I think um, the last at the end of the last year, we get paid once a year. I think we got something like $800. So it's not bad. We're going to buy all this stuff anyway. We may as well put it on the credit card and get rewarded for it. Um, the key is to making this work is making sure you pay the balance in full every single month. This means you never pay any interest, but you still earn the rewards. So that's the smart way to use credit cards. And actually, um, I know that in the United States, um, the market is flooded with credit card companies and banks. They all have lots of different reward schemes and things. So in New Zealand, I mean, it's pretty simple. We have a couple of different banks and there's a few different rewards you can go with, but it's, uh, we're not really, we don't have as much choice. And I know that in the States, you, there are, you're really spoiled for choice in terms of the types of credit cards and reward schemes you can go for. So it may be worth, you know, doing some research into working out what reward scheme is best for you as well. Okay, and my final um, tip for earning more is to contribute to investments and savings and even just a tiny bit will help. So while not everyone is in the position to do this, you should try and aim to save a little bit each month. Uh, better yet, you know, try and set up like an automatic transfer to send even just a couple of percent, five, 10% if you can, of your income to a savings 
or investment account and you probably won't even notice the difference, just squirreling away that money. And when you do, this money is working for you 24 seven, just growing and growing and growing. And over time, the effect of that compounding interest really increases. And in 20, 30 years from now, you could have a really nice nest egg ready to hatch. So just really try and think about where is your money going? If you can afford to put something away, it really can pay in the long run. So there you have it. Those are some, those are, that's my list. Uh, just some stuff that came to mind of how you can save, um, or sorry, un, not spend so much and earn a little bit more. But if you have ideas, I'm sure you guys will have tons of great ideas. Definitely head to the blog, poolminers.com slash 104. Leave me a comment. Let me know if you have any saving or income generating or just personal finance tip. Leave me a comment. Thank you very much for listening. And I will catch you next time on the Pool Miners podcast.